I'm Mark Peterson, and this is the FEMA Podcast. Every four years, the executive branch must plan for a presidential transition. Alongside other federal departments and agencies, FEMA has been actively working through our plans amidst numerous disaster declarations and the COVID-19 pandemic. We checked in with Acting Administrator Bob Fenton on his role leading the agency through the 2020 presidential transition. Acting Administrator Bob Fenton, thank you for taking a few minutes. I know you're really busy um, to talk with us about the transition. Hey, thanks. Good to see you, Mark. Okay, so uh, Bob, you know, you've served in this acting uh, capacity before, um, four years ago, in fact. And so I, I'm, I think the thing that's on everybody's mind more than, maybe not more than everything else, but, you know, the, the COVID-19 pandemic and the environment there that we're in, how has that environment uh, changed the role of the acting administrator and the role of the agency sort of going forward? Well, as far as both the role of the agency uh, and the acting administrator, I think FEMA has a uh, long-known track record of responding to disasters uh, across uh, you know the country, and many of those are um, you know are natural disasters. And I think what happens is when we get into the atypical disasters or uh, the non-natural disasters. There's a level of complexity, especially when you start bringing together other federal agencies, authorities, and HHS obviously has predominant authorities here. It makes things more complex. Those normal communication channels we're used to, from state emergency management to local emergency management, on up to FEMA, uh, become uh, a little uh, different, a little uh, complex. And so navigating those, uh, I think we did a good job in the beginning in March, when we got integrated to uh, that mix and bring together the health and emergency management side, plus all the other entities that are working uh, at the state uh, at federal and local level to uh, improve communication and integration of resources uh, to ensure that strategies are understood throughout the organization. So I think that's been the biggest change and adds the most complexity is all these new relationships that we've built at all levels of government. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as you sort of take the the helm um, during this transitional period um, and lead FEMA through that, uh, you know, what's the most important thing that you want to accomplish? And, and, you know, as you think about it right now, what are the priorities for you right now? Well, the priorities, you know, we, I think, have a uh, well-tested strategic plan at FEMA here that leads us forward. Uh, You can't argue with respond to catastrophic events, prepare the um, the nation and improve resiliency and uh, lessen the complexity. Three, I think, pretty uh, key areas for us to uh, focus and we'll continue to focus on those regardless of the administration. We need to be able to do the EMFEMA and uh, respond to emergencies. Um, however, I, I think with every administration, there's changes in policies and we need to be able to change uh, with those policies, but keep us in a trajectory that keeps us on pace to do those key things that we need to be able to do. I'm uh, sure in uh, hearing uh, the beginning of uh, what uh, President Biden has laid out uh, and individuals I've talked to in, in their organization as we start the transition, I think we'll be able to accomplish those things, and I look forward to working for the new administration. 
you know, while, while we talk about that, you know, we have to always remember that our emergency management community, the states and the, and the local communities and the tribes are our primary customer. And so, you know, I don't think I would surprise anybody if I, if I said that, you know, times are obviously a little uncertain right now. And so what advice do you have for the emergency management community during this transition period? Yeah, as I just said, our mission is not going to drastically change. Those relationships will be there. Right now, I probably have over 300 of my staff out at different states, territories, and tribal nations providing coordination uh, with regard to COVID. And, and that's not going to change. Those relationships that we've built will sustain. Uh, those organizations that we work with will continue. Um, and, uh, and, you know, what will happen over time is I, I think the changes that will come with the policies will be able to be integrated in those existing mechanisms. And uh, hopefully we'll work together to continue on the vaccination and widen it. And together we'll get through COVID and get to the herd immunity and vaccinate population of America. So, Bob, you've been with FEMA for uh, many years uh, in a variety of different positions. In fact, I was, uh, you know, as, as I was getting ready to talk to you, I was thinking back to the first time I met you was was during the Bush Obama transition uh, when you were on the national IMAT team. We met in Fargo, North Dakota on an incredibly cold day. Um, and so, you know, for, for some of the staff that might not know you and for the emergency management community that might not know you that well, can you tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, your experience and working for FEMA? Yeah, I've been with FEMA for 25 years. You know, I started my career at 26 years old, uh, as a reservist for FEMA, got deployed to, uh, Hawaii is my first disaster. You, you know, uh, I think as a 26-year-old, uh, to be going to Hawaii is your first disaster. It doesn't start off better than that. Uh, and then uh, worked for the regional office for a number of years uh, in a number of different positions, mostly on the response from recovery side, going to disasters all over the country, uh, from 9-11 to Katrina uh, to fires, floods, hurricanes, typhoons. You know, uh, winter events, you name it. Uh, I've been there probably in over 30 or 40 different states in our country. And then in 2009, I joined headquarters and took the job as the assistant administrator of response, ended up being the deputy associate administrator of response recovery, and did that till 2015. 2015, my dream job opened up as the Region 9 regional administrator and got to go back home. I'm a fifth generation San Franciscan. So I got to uh, come back to San Francisco and work in Region 9, which, you know, uh, Region 9 is just, the reason why I like it is just because the, you know, wide geographic uh, area, you know, it's culturally diverse for a number of reasons, whether that's geography, the 157 tribes we work with, or from the far Pacific territories to the big population centers in California to the rural areas and other states. And that's really what a lot of the United States is, as you go across it, it's, it, it, uh, it's, really diverse. And, uh, and so I look forward to uh, continuing that mission that uh, I've done so far at Region 9. This is the second time I've been a transition administrator. I also transitioned from the Obama administration, the Trump administration, and served seven months here in that capacity, transitioning. And I look forward to being here uh, to transition from uh, the Trump administration to the Biden administration. So there's certainly many busy days ahead for you. So, um, you know, what's one message that you want the emergency management community, you know, the public and and, and even the staff uh, to really hear? Well, I think the public is, you know, have trust in your emergency managers uh, across the country. 
these are uh, professional uh, men and women across the country, many of them that come from uh, fire service, police service, uh, maybe military service, that at the end of the day uh, work day in and nights to make sure that they prepare for, uh, respond to, and recover from all hazards in your community. And, and so have trust in them. They are working diligently to ensure that uh, not only are they responding and helping the country get through COVID, but they're uh, working on what the next disaster may be. They're prepared to respond to uh, the next disaster, whether it be winter events or flooding. We go through winter, whether it be uh, getting ready for hurricane season. These are professionals that uh, will continue to uh, perform these functions regardless of administration. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, just having trust in that system, you know, sometimes, you know, the public may feel it's not fast enough. I think after disaster, it's never fast enough. But the more the public can do on their own to prepare themselves, the easier it makes it on the government. And, and so uh, the last thing I would say for, for the public is everyone has a responsibility, you know, uh, and, and while emergency management professionals are uh, owning up to their responsibility, the public has a responsibility, and that's, you know, know your risks, make sure you have a plan, you know, buy insurance, do all those kind of things, you know, have money set aside so that you're ready for if uh, a bad day comes in your area, which may be any one of the events, depending on where you live and what the risks are. We welcome your comments and suggestions on this and future episodes. Help us to improve the podcast by rating us and leaving a comment. If you have ideas for future topics, send us an email at FEMA-podcast at FEMA.dhs.gov. If you'd like to learn more about this episode or other topics, visit FEMA.gov slash podcast. Podcast.